Hello everyone and welcome to show number six of the Family Vacationer. On this episode, we're talking about traveling by RV. We'll get you all the inside information, tips and tricks for a successful road trip. And we'll interview the Williams family who take regular trips by RV with their two boys, ages 10 and five, and still manage to maintain their sanity. That's all coming up on this episode of the Family Vacationer right now. Welcome to the Family Vacationer with Rob and Danny, the go-to podcast for families on the move. Hello, everyone. I'm Rob. And I'm Danny. And welcome to the Family Vacationer. If you're an RV traveler or you've ever considered traveling by RV, this is your episode. RV travel is a rapidly growing trend across the U.S. with more and more people selling their homes in favor of a mobile permanent residence that allows them to set out on a permanent sightseeing adventure. But even if you're not wanting a permanent change, RV travel is great for hitting the road with a plan or just playing it by ear. And so today we're talking about how to make the most out of your RV vacation. So Rob, my question is, have you ever traveled in an RV? I have, Dan. We had, we had an RV as a young teenager, I think I was. I don't remember a lot of the trips, but... Uh, but you owned one. But we did have one. What about you? I've never owned one, but I have been able to travel in one a little bit. You know, I've done you know a few hours here. I, I actually stayed overnight in, in one several times. And nice. They're really cool, but, I mean, this is a growing trend, man. People are selling their homes and doing this. It's just really getting to be popular. It seems like every time I turn around, I'm hearing about somebody else that has just sold everything and hit the road. Okay, so we thought we'd bring in the experts for RV travel. Today we have with us Rick and Mitzi Williams. Rick and Mitzi have an RV, and they travel every year to multiple destinations with their two boys, ages 10 and 5. And best of all, they make lots and lots of memories. Rick and Mitzi, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Okay, so let's start with what got you guys interested in RV travel? Um. I, th I think just enjoying traveling to start off with. Early on in our marriage, we figured out that we could tolerate riding in the car together for extended periods of time without needing to see a counselor afterwards. Which, yeah, we figured out most people can't do that, I guess. That yeah. is a strong marriage. Which was, <laughs> which was really cool. And then not too long after we got married, we got our first camper. And we figured out, hey, it's even cooler to travel when you got a kitchen and a bathroom behind you. And then we moved up to the motorhome. It's even closer to you. So it just makes, makes yeah, traveling. So we've, we've experimented through, I think, now four campers of various mm -hmm. sizes and types. But uh, the motorhome, once we decided we were going to take long trips with two boys, um, and then... You know, the woman side of me loves the fact that I know who last cleaned the bathroom. I know that those are my sheets. I know when the sheets were washed. I know who cleaned the kitchen, things like that. Mm -hmm. So just that's kind of the, the mom slash wife part of me that likes kind of controlling that part of our travel too. So. so tell us about your RV. What all does it have on it? So um, we have, like Missy said, this is our fourth camper uh, and the current one is a, a motorhome. It's a 30, says it's a 32, but it's really about 34 feet long. Um, I started looking for one that was about um, 26, 28 feet long, and we wandered into the one that we have now, or the identical floor plan, accidentally, 
And Bitsy decided this is the one we're going to have because it has um, it's got two slide outs, and in one of the, the biggest slide it has bunk beds. So there's a bed for each kid, and then it's got the master bedroom. And that's different than anything that we've ever had because we've always had to either take a couch or a table dinette and turn it into a bed at night. And the cool thing is when it's just us, we can actually sleep the four of us, leave the couch set up, leave the dining room table set up. Everybody's got their own bed that can stay made up. Um, and it's kind of weird because I, what I was thinking is I'm going to get a smaller one because I can park that anywhere. I've driven a church bus for years, and if you can park a church bus in Gatlinburg, uh, you know. Or Buffalo. More, or Buffalo, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not going to make a whole lot of difference, but she went into this one and said, all right, this is the one. Yeah, so we found the floor plan we loved, and then we looked all over the Internet and then just made sure that we knew, like, I definitely wanted bunk beds for the kids. But we travel a lot with family, travel a lot with other teenagers. So the benefit of having this was when we wanted to take additional people, we had, so ours has a, a queen bed over the um, cab, a cab over bed. So we have another queen bed up there, plus the dinette and the couch do still make beds. So we've traveled with as many as a, like five additional teenagers with us, plus our two kids, and all slept comfortably. Wow. So we can just haul whoever we want to go, wherever we want to go. And so that was the, the layout we wanted. Um, and the, the cool thing, it has nine seat belted positions. Oh, wow. Um, nice. So if we got 10 people that really like each other, we can sleep 10 people. Yeah. Um, but there's there's nine like legit legal positions that have seat belts, and that was kind of hard to find in some of the other ones we looked at too. So yeah, but like when we found the go ahead, I was just gonna say when we found the layout we wanted, we stuck with it. We like we did not compromise on it. this is the layout we're gonna get. So. But we've used it uh, like just to ferry people. We had a family trip a couple years ago to the Outer Banks, and we ferried tons of people. Like we had what seven, eight people in there. Mm-hmm. We didn't stay in it. We just drove in it yeah Um, so it's just like a like a mini tour bus and then the other benefit the other things we want to make sure we got was tons of storage so tons of cabinet space storage under the dinettes um and then our bathroom has you know of course a regular toilet regular sink we have a full shower there's storage cabinets in the bathroom um there's we have tons storage of storage back in the back at the very back of it that we don't even use yet. Yeah, the master bedroom has tons of storage. So that was the other thing, being able to just carry as many people as we want, as much stuff as we want, but without it being so big we can't get down the road easy. So, so what's the brand and the, the model? So Coastman Freelander and um it's a thirty two BH and there's a lot of manufacturers that have a similar Floor plan, like it's a super popular floor plan. Mm. Um, sometimes it's mirrored, and the the bunks are on the other side. But I I think all the major Class C manufacturers are making this thing now, just because it's so popular. I mean, we see it. We were the road trip we were on this summer. We saw we saw two identical. I think. Yeah. Not think the same so. manufacturer, but we could, we could tell where the windows are for the bunks. Yeah. Wow. Everything identical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and really then popular. the only the last major part of the camper we use, I'd say that that is important is the kitchen. So I have like a small, um, I have a little bit of counter space, full kitchen sink. I have a stovetop and a microwave. We do not have an oven in our model, but they're available. So. Well, and the, the other big thing is the generator. Um, 
when we can be going down the road, we have a generator that will run everything, uh, air conditioning, the whole ball of wax. Um, and so we're going down the road, we've got the generator running, it's charging the battery, it'll run the microwave, it will run the air conditioner. So um, just out of curiosity, because I don't, I don't know, when you're driving, will everything not run off the... <coughs> The battery? Everything, we can run everything but the air conditioner and the microwave. Okay. Like, our refrigerator will run off of propane, um, which is so weird that a fire makes things cold, but um, something called <laughs> absorption cooling that is used on tiny um, refrigerators and freezers and RVs and huge commercial uh, refrigeration units. Okay. Um, nothing in between, I don't think. But, yeah, if, if we don't need the air conditioner, hmm. I, I left out the TV. we got to have the TV. But we do have an inverter. So if it's cooler weather and we don't need the roof air conditioner, then we can turn on the inverter, which will run the TV, the DVD player, mm-hmm. and we don't have to we don't have to crank up the generator because it does use a little bit of gas, um, but we can just leave that leave it off, and so everything else, all the lights, um, even the furnace, the furnace runs off of 12 volts, so. Oh, wow. We, you know, it uses propane, but the fan inside it runs off 12 volts, so we can even heat it at night without the generator running. It's just the air conditioner, microwave, and TV, I guess, are the big things. Okay, so one of the things I wanted to know, um, you know, my wife is a minute-by-minute planner, um, but not everybody is. So when you get ready to take a trip, um, do you guys have a set plan, or are you just making it up as you go? How do you approach a trip when you're getting ready to go? So I'd probably tackle this one because I'm more of a planner than he is, but I would say it's a little bit of both. I would say that we lay out a general plan, especially long trips, but with flexibility built in. So we generally have some ideas about how far we want to go each day and the campgrounds or the areas around where we can stay but we don't lock ourselves into anything we can't get out of. Like, we can always cancel reservations, right? So if we get on the trip and we decide, you know what, we were thinking about going east, but maybe we should go west. All right, well, let's just cancel the reservations east. We'll head west. We'll go to that place. And we're flexible enough to just let it ride and do whatever we want to do. So. We have left on a trip just going north with no reservations, though. So, um, we have left on a trip. One time, several years ago, um, we went south, and it was either the spring or the fall one, and we were just drove south in Florida till the water got warm enough for us to get in the ocean. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, so we have had some impromptu trips, so, but yeah, that was we ended up in Naples again. Um, but that was that was pretty cool. But like, it's it's really easy to 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 fly by the seat of your pants, especially with a motorhome. Um, so last year's road trip that we, we would normally take a two-week trip in the summertime. And so what we did is we went to we went to Gulf Shores, Alabama. And then while we were there, we made the reservations at our next spot. So when we left there, we knew where we were going. Yeah. When we got there, we made the reservations at our next spot. So we knew where we were going then. But we, we had what we wanted to do, but we never were locked in too far, but we, we made sure we had somewhere to go. But, I mean, in the worst-case scenario, I mean, there's always a site somewhere, but worst-case scenario, you know, we got a generator, we'll fully self-contain wherever we stop the campsite. So Now, are most campgrounds flexible on reservations like that, or do you have to look for them? Well, um, 
when we're on the road, we stay uh, we stay a lot at KOA when we're on the road, mm-hmm. and reason for that is KOAs almost every one of them has a late check-in where you don't even need to speak to a human. Like mm-hmm. you can pull in and there's a late check-in box. And a lot of campgrounds are like that, but you don't know it until you pull up there. Right. Especially but, individually owned ones. Yeah. But, but KOAs, they almost always have a couple of sites, and you just, there's like a couple of the little brochures that have the site number on it in the late check-in box. You grab that, you go to your site, and you go see them pay in the morning. So, I mean, most of them are pretty flexible. The closer you are to an interstate, the more flexible the campground is as far as late check-in and stuff because they know people are on the road. Um, you get off, you know, in the middle of nowhere, and sometimes they, you know, nobody's at the office after 5 o'clock. But normally, the closer you are to an interstate or a main road, the more likely they are to have late check-in or even check-in without a human or whatever. So. All right, so we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor, The Language Tutor. Stick with us. Hi, friends. Danny Evans here, and I want to tell you about The Language Tutor, your one-stop YouTube channel for learning languages. You ever wanted to learn Spanish or French or know someone that wants to learn English? Well, you can find great lessons for language learning on our channel, The Language Tutor. Just simply go to YouTube and type in The Language Tutor, and you'll find our channel there. Make sure you subscribe to the channel and click that notification bell so that you'll never miss any of our great lessons that come in every single week. I hope to see you on The Language Tutor. All right, so for people out there that are considering doing some RV trips, I'm sure one of the big big questions is where to park overnight. Are there free places to park or are you limited to campgrounds? How does that work? So it depends on how adventurous you are. So like you said, we're self-contained, so we can stay anywhere and we're going to be fine for overnight. But uh, as a general rule, uh, Walmart is very camper friendly. So as a general rule, Walmart will allow you to stay in their parking lot overnight, one night. They ask that you don't look like you're camping there, right? Don't put out your awning. Don't set out your lawn chairs. Don't start a campfire. Um, Wait, don't? Don't, don't. Please, yeah. No s'mores in the Walmart parking lot. But um, as a general rule, it's it's always a good idea to go into the Walmart, ask to speak to the manager that's on duty, just give them a heads up, make sure it's okay. Certain towns and cities restrict that, especially if they're um, a, a destination where there's campgrounds available. They will, they overrule that. That's not Walmart's idea, but the city's the idea. Cities, so, you, so you have to know. Because they don't want to lose out on the... Right. Yeah. So the cities have passed ordinances at the behest of the campgrounds, uh, and there's a lot, of, a lot of them like that. Um, there's a couple of apps out there that show, like, which Walmarts are RV-friendly. And which which ones are not, and so you can see it. One of them is uh, All Stays Camp and RV, and so you can look at it. You can open up a map, and there are the little W is a Walmart. Red is no parking. Yellow is asked to park, and green is go ahead. Okay. Um, and so it's sort of color coded, and individual campers post information to that, so it's fairly updated. And normally, you can if you tap on. The, the Walmart, there'll be a, a note that says park near the garden center or park oh, okay. out front near the gas station or yeah. something like that. Yeah. But we always try to, a lot of times when we pull in, there's another one there, you know, 
but we, we try to stay away from the store. But then we always try to go inside and buy something too. We do. Because yeah. it's a good deal for Walmart to let people stay there because mm -hmm. we almost never buy groceries before we leave. Mm. So if we can kill two birds with one stone, um, mm -hmm. we pull into Walmart. Sometimes we just take a nap in Walmart, but we go inside buy a cart full of groceries and then come back out. Yeah, and then the other alternative to that is a lot of truck stops are camper friendly. Especially so, uh, Flying J. Flying J and Pilot is very RV friendly. In fact, they usually have marked parking out. That's just oh. Flying J. That's Flying J. That mm -hmm. has parking out front. I mean, they have parking spots that are labeled RV. Oh, okay, um, nice. Very friendly to that for free parking overnight. And uh, again, we kind of do the same thing in the morning. You know, like I'll make sure I go in and get coffee and we might get breakfast. A lot of times mm -hmm. They have a Denny's or something in there. That's true. Um, we've yeah. Done that once or twice. Um, yeah. But now, there have been a couple times that we've gone to truck stops that are not those particular brands and parked in the truck parking area. You got to kind of gauge the area that you're at. If it's a super busy truck stop, man, the truckers do not like that. So I don't recommend it if you're at a really busy area where it looks like, like the. Um, the truck parking area stays full all the time. I do not advise it. They don't like that. But um, if there's room, it's available, and you want to check with the manager at the gas at the truck stop. You know that that's also available. You just kind of have to gauge for yourself if you're okay with that. If you're okay with the area, so. There's a lot of diesel engines idling overnight. Um, yeah, it can be loud. Tolerate the noise mm. is is the biggest thing, and then getting in and out. And like sometimes we pull a car and it's on a dolly and it because there's two pivot points back there. There ain't no back in it more than a few feet. So, you know, there's also the access thing you have to have to worry about. Uh, and as a trivial point, uh, we discovered that uh, truck stops and gas stations pressure wash their parking lots at nighttime. So, oh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to ask how you found that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, one of the things I know about you guys is that you seem to find the most interesting places to visit. And uh, I think we mentioned you guys on a previous show and how you found the Zippo Lighter Museum. <laughs> So I'm really curious what apps, programs, books you use to find all these, you know, the interesting things to do in a particular area. I don't even know how, this is totally me. Like, Mitzi was like, really? We're going Zippo Museum? But yeah, it also happens to that, be the Zippo and Case Knife Museum. Yeah, that, oh. that was not my choice. See, you left out the um, Case Knife part. I forgot. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's it's, a boy thing. The boys love that, though, oh, didn't yeah, they? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, honest to goodness, I think... Dad told us about it. Is that where it came from? Yeah. Okay. I was thinking I had. Okay. I was thinking I maybe read it, or read it on one of the emails I get. Um, but so you can cut things and light them on fire. That's like every kid's, <laughs> every boy's dream. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. But it was, it was cool. I, mean, I, I enjoyed that. It was a lot of fun. Nancy didn't enjoy it so much, but like. Uh, I love my family. We, <laughs> it was good memory time. Well, yeah, making I mean, memories. We all left with a souvenir. Um, Burned. <laughs> Clothes. Not, not yet. Is that a hospital bill? Is that <laughs> not yet. I, as far as um, as far as finding places, um, I mean, I, I don't really know. I, I, I read a lot. I get. I, I signed up for pretty much every camping like email listserv that I can get on, and then if they don't send good stuff, I just you know unsubscribe or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so I've got a bunch of places like that. Um, we subscribe 
for over the years we've subscribed to trailer life and motorhome magazines and they've always mm -hmm. got cool stuff in there um a lot of times the campgrounds will have suggestions too like interesting things in in the area that they suggest you know it's always a good yeah. thing too and really i mean i'll be honest with for me a lot of it's google you yeah, know, like just searching. We're, so we're going to be in the middle of nowhere towns. So I'll just go. What is there to do? So this this summer, one of the stops we made was a place called Withville, Virginia, and uh, Withville, Virginia's claimed fame is a huge pencil downtown. That's it. <laughs> they have a big pencil. It's outside of Thanks. a office parts store, and that is what there is to do in Withville, Virginia. But so I mean, I, I literally Googled what is there to do in Withville, Virginia. I got a couple of, there's a, a former first lady that was born there and a Wilson. giant pencil. Wilson, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so. But we went to see the pencil. So we went to see I the pencil. Only, we saw I it. You can't pass that up. But <laughs> no, no way. Pencil. But, I mean, so some of it is just, just the obvious stuff. Some of it's magazines. Some of it is. So it's just riding around. Like, on the way to the pencil, uh, I found the greatest store on the history of the world. Um, there's a store called Rural King. Mm -hmm. and it's like Walmart meets Tractor Supply. It is. Um, it's a lot of fun. Oh, my gosh. For three boys. They got yeah. guns. They got knives. <laughs> they got boys. clothes. <laughs> I mean, oh, my gosh. Um, I was like in heaven. You know? uh, There's a little like, Hobby Lobby section for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's, this is where the Williams militia form. <laughs> well, it's, it's not as bad as it sounds. Um, it's just... It's just a cool place, but a lot of times we just, we'll just get in the car and just ride. Um, like, we've been in different towns, uh, wherever we are, we'll just get in the car and just ride into downtown and see what's to do there. And um, I can't think of anything. Something will occur to me in just a minute that we found accidentally, but... Yeah. Brown so, signs on the side of the road pointing to parks and And campground websites, too. once you, um, once you, uh, you know, pick out where you're going... And you look at a couple of campgrounds. A lot of campground websites have got places like nearby. You know, be sure to check out this or whatever. Mm -hmm. So we've stumbled across some pretty cool stuff like that. All right, Dan, going off script. Uh, so, what are some of the what are some of your favorite places that you guys have been to? On purpose. We'll On start purpose. With that. Right. Uh, gosh. Okay, so one of our favorite. I, I despise the heat. I love summer, but I despise the heat. I enjoy it. So we got two campgrounds that we love to go to in the summertime, uh, Black Rock Mountain in Clayton, Georgia. Um, sits at an elevation of a little over 3,000 feet. The all-time record high is 89 degrees on top of the mountain. Oh, wow. Mm. That's pretty awesome, uh, especially in August. Um, and there's a similar campground in Boone, North Carolina. That's a KOA. It sits at about 4,000 feet. And it's always really cool up there, too. I mean, we roll in there in July a lot of times, and Mitzi says, I'm cold. Um, and if you can do that in August, that is a beautiful thing. Mm. So we, yeah, we like those are two those of our two. favorite campgrounds we do go to a lot. And then uh, we really are big fans of Mount Airy, North Carolina. There's a campground close to that. Uh, called Home Place, but I'll be honest, Home Place is now filling up with a lot of permanent campers, so there's not a ton of rentable places uh, in there anymore. But you can still get reservations there. It's a great swimming pool, and it's really close to Mount Airy, North Carolina, where Andy Griffith was born. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of Mayberry stuff there to do. So yeah. that's one of our favorite places we keep going back to. And as a side note, while we're thinking of other favorite places, you know, that's one of the things that, that we run into every now and then is a lot of private campgrounds have... Um, have started to fill up with people who are either long-term or full-time. Mm. Uh, and, and when I say, full, you know, they got full-timers on the road that go from place to place, but you got people who just buy a camper and park it and put underpinning under it. And I always thought, 
my camper's got wheels on it. Why would I want to do that? But <laughs> yeah, so when you do that, the sort of the, the quality of the campground seems to to go down a little bit as far as things to do in the campground, you know, especially for kids and stuff. But um, so those are three places. I don't know. Is there another one that we'd like the to go Key to? The Key Largo. We've been to Key Largo twice. The Keys in general are fun to visit. It's just, it, you know, it takes planning because of how far it is to get there. But we and love kids and school and stuff like that. We're all mm-hmm. going to get sick like the 1st of December sometime pretty soon, and we're just going to go down there for two weeks. Uh, <laughs> this might be a clue, Rick. You might, you might be leaving evidence behind. Yep. Oops. That. Well, Mitzi and Rick, thanks so much for being with us today. You're welcome. I hope I hope y'all enjoyed it. We we love we love sharing what we know. I don't know that expert's a good term for us, but we sure do love what we do. Yes, I recruited to the term expert, but we do we enjoy it, and, and we encourage anybody that that is remotely interested in in RV. And you know, one of the cool things about RV, and you can rent one to see if you want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And we see a lot of people who rent them, and, and we run into them in campgrounds all the time. They always love it. Well, that's it for this episode. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Family Vacationer. Make sure and subscribe to hear more of Rob and Danny.